0: Testing, testing. All right, (laughs) Josh. Josh's comment probably got everybody praying. All right. Good morning. I love you. 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 It's not a question. Right, stones. No questions there. All right. I want to make sure I got all my stuff organized. Uh, all right, if you would, open uh, your Bibles with me to Matthew 14. Uh, we're going to be in verse 22 through 35. So I'll let you guys take a minute and uh, get situated there. I want to thank Stoney for last week. Yeah. yeah, Everyone, or is that just me here? You're good. You're good. All right, well, Stoney, thank you for last week. Uh, I'm just going to recap that Jesus fed at least 5,000 men and then women and children also. So. Pretty amazing. We thank you for that. Thank you for the worship team this morning. Uh, Just just really good to hear those words, that Jesus has all authority. Uh, So hopefully by now you're to your spot. So we're going to read through it and then break it down. Uh, Matthew 14, verse 22. Uh, This is after the feeding of the 5,000. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent all around to, the, to all that region and brought him all who were sick and employed him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well." This is the word of God. So, as uh, previously mentioned, Jesus just fed uh, approximately fifteen thousand people. We call it the feeding of the five thousand. They, I guess, estimate numbers based on how many men are in the crowd, but also you've got the women and children. So, uh, estimated about fifteen thousand people were fed out of uh, five fish and two loaves. I get that backwards. Two loaves, five fish. Five fish and two loaves, right? (laughs) Anyway, he made a lot of it. So when it starts out, uh, from John 6, 16, we get a little insight uh, into why he sent them away immediately, we hear in verse 22. Uh, From John 6, uh, it says that when the people saw the sign that he had done, that is the the, the miracle of creating uh, more food, uh, they said, this is indeed the prophet. Who was coming to the world? And it says, perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Uh, so obviously those in the crowd, they're uh, under the authority of, of Rome at that time, and also under the authority of Herod, who is mainly a puppet king, uh, to them. Uh, they had the, the strives of the Pharisees, which didn't, wasn't working out too great. Um, so they're like, this guy can make food out of nothing. He has control over that. He can feed some of them. We're just like, hey, this guy has a free meal all the time. Let's make him king. Uh, and I, uh, I don't blame them, honestly, for wanting Jesus to be king right there in that moment. Uh, but that was not a... I I would say that's not a bad thing that they weren't Jesus as king, uh, unless it was only to have their belly full, which I'm sure there was some in there that did, you know. Just like uh, in Moses' day, he was feeding them all manna from heavens, and they were complaining. Where was the meat we had in Egypt? Under slavery. Uh, It was just not time uh, for Jesus to be king yet. Uh, he, our Lord knew He must suffer on the cross prior to His ascension. Uh, and so that's, I think that's why He kind of shut it down. It was like, hey, you guys calm down. It's not time yet. Uh, so it says He immediately made the disciples get into the boat and go before Him. So uh, no doubt the, uh, the disciples were probably caught up in that fervor and excitement. Um, I mean, who wouldn't? If God's doing the miracles right in front of your eyes. Everybody's yelling for Him to be king. Uh, but uh, like yeah they were under the authority of Rome Uh, that was the uh, not the Pharisees, the Sadducees Uh, their main thing was we want the kingdom by the sword we're going to go out and take it Uh, but uh, message for another day, Jesus didn't describe the kingdom being taken by a sword it's it's, uh, slow to big Uh, it's through love and it's through the gospel and Mainly through his people that he conquers the world. uh, Through the love that we can show to others. And we have the spirit to help us do that. Which is amazing. Alright, so he dismissed the crowds. He went up to pray uh, on the mountain. Uh, In uh, Mark and in uh, John, we get a little bit of information that I'm going to tie in. So if you hear me reference something that you're not seeing in Matthew, uh, it's because I've got Mark and John, and John up here, too, uh, that I'm kind of pulling a few information bits from. Uh, Luke's account doesn't have this story in it. So no. And got that backwards? This is Luke. Mm-hmm. That's a label. <laughs> <laughs> either Luke or John doesn't have the story in it. Matthew, Mark, and... <laughs> uh, so he went up on the mountain to pray. Uh, in uh, Mark, it says that he sent him over to the other side, to Bethsaida, uh, while he dismissed the crowd. Uh, and John talks about Gennesaret, uh, and then also to Capernaum. Those are all just in the northern portion of the Sea of Galilee. There's talking about different stops along the way. It's not an, an, a, a contradiction. It's just... They're stopping along the way. So if someone ever asks you that question, well, why does this one say they're going here? Why does this one say they're going here? It's because they're all right in the same area. makes sense. They're on a road trip or a boat trip. So you've got to stop for some snacks. (laughs) So it says when evening came, he was there alone. He was up on the mountain praying. Um, My thoughts are he's praying for his disciples right there in that moment because he makes intercession for us. Uh, He wants them to understand, and uh, later we can we can read about how the the fish and loaves didn't didn't cause them to understand. And I think this calming of the sea does. Um, But the boat, by this time, was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth night, the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Mark's gospel tells us that Jesus saw the disciples struggling against the waves of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, The Sea of Galilee normally is a peaceful, placid lake. Uh, It's about 8 miles wide, 12 miles long. I don't know if you've ever seen a little picture. I mean, you can Google Earth right now if you want. Uh, But occasionally, extremely violent storms would erupt uh, on the lake, suddenly without warning. uh, It's... I guess if you're a meteorologist, it's because the sea sits below the Sea of Galilee sits below sea level and down in a valley. So you get you got steep hills, you're down in the valley, you're below sea level. You get big temperature shifts, and that brings big waves. So uh, they were making headful. Uh, they were making headway painfully. The wind was against them, but Jesus sees them. Uh, they were about three to four miles out. And in the fourth night, or fourth watch of the night, which is three to six a.m., so he had told them to leave in the evening. They're row out there, rowing a boat, struggling in the middle of the night. It's like three in the morning. It's dark. Jesus is on the land praying, and he looks out and he sees them. Which I can't see that far, but Jesus can. I'd say that's definitely the first miracle you're seeing here. Is Jesus can see his own miles away. And he knows they're in trouble. So what does he do? He goes goes and checks it out. What are you guys up to? So uh, it says, he came to them walking on the sea. Uh, When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Uh, Jesus Walking across the water, I like to think that all the waves are just being stilled as he walks and not a drop gets on him because he's got authority on it, right? Uh, So further reinforces the fact that he has absolute authority over his creation, uh, which we should know because all things were made through him. uh, Like we read in the first chapter of John, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, not anything made was that. That was made. Sorry, let me get it so, <clears throat> he has authority over all of creation. I mean, he's demonstrated that fact previously when he calmed the sea when he was on the boat. Uh, and now, he, I mean, he, he, he just did the miracle of uh, creating the fish and loaves, and then he's, now he's just walking on the water which i think would blow the disciples minds it would blow my mind honestly uh, it, it says they were terrified obviously they don't have the eyesight of jesus so they see something coming walking across the water and they say it's a ghost uh the the greek that's there it says phantasma which we get the word phantom so it's a ghost uh, and they cried out in fear which at that time they're probably delirious. Because you've been rowing all night, you're out in the middle of the lake, things aren't looking good, and uh, the, the superstition uh, of the day would be like there was like the Grim Reaper would come out and yeah. take your boat down. Uh, so they probably think the boat's about to sink. Uh, so they scream out, it's a ghost. Uh, but Jesus immediately spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Uh, that, it said, Do not be afraid. The it is I. Uh, I thought when I, when I was reading this, uh, there's more to that than just, hey, Jesus isn't just saying, hey, it's me. Uh, he's, uh, it's coming from the Greek, the, the ego, I me, um, which I don't know if anyone recognizes that, but uh, may ring a bell as I am. So Jesus is saying, it is I or I am. Uh, We read throughout the Gospels, I am the bread of life, I am the door, I am the way, the truth, the life. Uh, That reflects back to when God told Moses his name, I am who I am. Uh, It says, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you, or sent me to you. Uh, That's Exodus 3 verse 13. Uh, So Jesus is saying, hey, take heart. I am, I'm here, it's me. Uh, Do not be afraid. Uh, So Peter answered him, saying, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Um, Peter's asking God to command him. He's already showing uh, submission to the Lord in that, which I think was kind of neat. He's asking God to command him. Uh, And so Jesus said, come. God, come on, come out here. So so Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Uh, Jesus in that moment is bestowing his power on Peter and allowing him to walk on the water. Uh, I like to think, what mighty works can be done by the power of the Spirit if we would have that faith to step out on the water? Uh, I think we should also cry out to God, Lord, command me to do your will. Uh, to have that desire to, to step out. Uh, but just as Peter, Peter hesitated, uh, looks away from the one he's putting his tra- trust and faith in, he starts to sink. Uh, I think we too sometimes hesitate and doubt. Uh, but when we do, be like Peter in this moment. Uh, it says, so Peter, he was afraid, he saw the waves, saw the wind, took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me, which probably a little more enthusiasm in it when he said that than I did. Lord, save me. He's sinking under the waves. Uh, it says Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?" Uh, Jesus did not hesitate in that moment to show mercy and lift Peter back up when he cried for help. Um, His words were not not like a rebuke uh, on the why why, why did you doubt, Uh, but a gentle reproof. I can't say that word. Reproof? Uh, He he didn't hesitate to reach out to Peter and pull him up out of the waves. uh, Even though Peter doubted he still reached out and grabbed him as soon as he cried for help. I I took a quote from J.C. Ryle on this because I thought it was so awesome. Uh, J.C. Ryle says, Behold in this concluding part of the miracle, the exceeding gentleness of Christ, he can bear with much and forgive much when he sees true grace in a man's heart. As a mother deals gently with her infant, and does not cast it away because of its little waywardness and forwardness, so does the Lord Jesus deal gently with His people. He loved and pitied them before conversion, and after conversion He loves and pities them still more. He knows their feebleness and bears long with them. He would have us know that doubting does not prove that a man has no faith, but only that his faith is small. And even when our faith is small, the Lord is ready to help us. Uh, and then he quotes Psalm ninety-four. When I said my foot is slipping, your loving kindness, Oh Lord, help me out. So, not only uh, I believe it's David there when he he gets helped up there. Not only with Peter being helped up out of the water there, also us too. When we cry out to God, He will help. Uh, and that we see that here. Uh, so. Jesus talking to him, why did you doubt? He said, I mean, he's walking across the water and all he does is look away. But all he had to do is just look at Jesus and he'd been fine. Um, oh, you have a little faith, why did you doubt? Um, obviously, they got back in the boat after that. And it says, When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Once again, Jesus displaying his authority over creation. Uh, I'm sure they were all great when uh, Jesus got into the boat. Because last time he was in the boat, and they asked him to stop the wind, he just said stop and it was all good. Uh, but the, the response here is what is, the, I guess, the main like, focus. It says, And those in the boat worshipped him, God. saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they saw the works that Jesus did of the feeding of the 5,000, they got caught up in the emotion of the crowd. And then they saw what he just did with Peter, allowing him to walk on the water and lifting him up out of the water when he cried for help. Their response is worship. Yeah. And again, worship this morning, I wish we could have done it after the sermon. Because our response to Jesus when we cry for help and he helps us should be to worship him. Uh, Truly, you are the Son of God. Uh, Our response to the mercy of God should be to worship Him. He's dealt kindly with us. Uh, Romans 5, God shows His love for us. And that while we were still sinners, uh, Christ died for us. This is honestly a pretty short sermon. So, Robert, if you want to come up, I'm I'm about wrapped up. It's not going to be the hour-long sermon. (laughs) (laughs) When they crossed over the land at Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent all around that region, and brought to him all who were sick, and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Uh, again, the common grace shown by Jesus, not only in the feeding of the five thousand, uh, but just that those people who were seeking healing, he healed them. They asked for help. Fall when Peter fell, he cried out for help, and God raised him up. When we fall, we cry out for help. God will raise us up. Uh, so wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus, whether you've fallen down or haven't, which it'll come, guys, uh, we all will. Uh, we cry out for help. We cry out to the Lord, and He will raise us up. He will restore us. He will put His Spirit in us, fill us. He has put His Spirit in us. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I can that too. I have the Spirit of God in me. All I need to do is cry out for help. And He will raise me up. So, a quote from John 6. Uh, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes, I will never cast out. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me. That I should lose nothing of all he has given me but raise it up on the last day. This is the will of my Father. That everyone who looks on the sun and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Yeah. Yeah, so we look to the sun just as Peter did when we uh, get distracted by the waves and the wind, which is easy to do. They're on the sea, the waves are crashing around. They think it's a ghost coming. Peter realizes, hey, it's Jesus. I can go to him. It's safer to be with Jesus in that sea, in the waves, than to be in the boat. Uh, that, so, it was safer to be with Jesus than to be in the boat, even though the sea is crashing around here, even though the waves are blowing around. Here. But the thing is... Even though we're with Jesus, sometimes we look away from Him. Uh, and when we do, we fall. We, we fall down, but all we have to do... It's not like we have to just get up on our own either. It's not like God's like, oh, you fell down. I'm going to wait for you to come back up to me. Uh, wherever we fall down, in that place, we cry out for help. God will lift us up. our response is to worship Him. Not just because He has the authority over creation, uh, but because He raised us up, and ultimately He was raised up for us on our behalf, on that cross. He laid down His life so that we can live. And whoever the Father gives Him will come so wherever you're at, if you falling down, no matter how low it is, just cry out for God's help. He will raise you up.